0: Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media.
1: This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Andrew McMullen of Florence, Alabama. Andrew will get a marathon decal showing he watched. 26.2 hours of his favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at
2: lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Sarah Devin. And these are their stories. You think you
3: know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Lion Order, Lion Order, Lion Order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Line Order, line Order, line Order, line Order. These are their stories, these are their stories.
2: Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either criminal intent, SVU, or original recipe. And today we're looking at Special Victims Unit, Season 7, Episode 3, 911.
3: You may be right. I may be an idiot, but I am talking to this girl until I am proven wrong. Did Finn arrange a door to door in Queens?
4: I'm not sending another hundred men
2: on a wild goose chase. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcasts, Rebecca Lavoy. Hello, Rebecca. It's
5: really me, Kevin.
2: Hello. And rounding out our panel is our special guest from the Special Survivors Unit podcast. It's Sarah Devin. Hello, Sarah. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're a member of what is known as the fandom... Um, Capital F. You are a hardcore Benson fan. She's your queen. Uh, So what has the fandom been saying about SVU since Stabler returned to the universe?
1: Oh, gosh. That's a complicated one. Um, There's (laughs) There's definitely, I don't know how much you guys know about you know, what goes on in the fandom, but I just joined the fandom in 2020, um, but I went very hardcore
2: with it. The shorthand is that there is a large group of fans who want to see Olivia and Elliot get together romantically.
1: Yes, there are. Okay. Yeah, they're, uh, so they're called EO shippers, Mm -hmm. uh, like Elliot and Olivia. Um, So I consider myself to be an EO shipper, but then you know, there there are people who do not want to see them together. They believe that Elliot is a toxic presence in Olivia's life. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if they call themselves antis, but um, sort of the shorthand They are called is,
2: antis by other people, <laughs> right? They yeah. are,
1: yes. And I don't mean to be derogatory. Like, I respect their opinions. Um, but I think the shorthand is, you know, antis. <laughs>
2: mm. Yeah. Yeah. So is the counter argument for them getting together is that having Olivia and Elliot- together it ruins the narrative tension between them or is it Stabler's a piece of shit and always has been
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's Stabler's a piece of shit and always has been <laughs>
2: Okay all right yeah, that's, yeah. that's
5: not how our guest feels
2: Well that's right don't 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 at me fandom
5: But I think some people feel like he's a piece of shit but Olivia, when he's not a piece of shit, when he's with Olivia, right? Isn't there sort of this in-between-ish kind of situation?
2: That's you making excuses.
5: No, I'm not. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm expressing what I have seen on Twitter. Oh, okay. I am not talk, saying how I feel.
2: I see the two of them getting together because I never met a widower who did his laundry for five months and didn't want to get remarried. <laughs> <laughs> Men are helpless. They say they want a nurse with a purse. No, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, Sarah, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team?
1: Favorite law and order detective team. Oh, gosh. I think that's a pretty predictable answer for me. Um, I come at the show from like a very standing Benson perspective. So Mariska is like my hero. So I love Benson and Stabler. Together. Yeah,
2: I was not surprised by the choice at all. <laughs> <laughs> there was no suspense in that one. How about can you tell us who is your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite
4: line order district attorney prosecutorial
1: team. I would say I have to pick Barbara. Mm. That's yeah. a good choice. People yeah. love Barbara.
2: But now you're not in the Olivia Barba shipping shippers ship ship, right?
1: I am not. I am not a Barson shipper.
2: A Barson. okay. I don't
1: know. I I don't sense the sexual chemistry between them. I think he's a really good friend to her. And that's why I like him. Um, And also he's kind of sassy. And
2: apparently he's all about the criminal defense system now.
5: Finally. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Prosecutors. (laughs) Fuck them. Way to wake up, (laughs)
5: Barba. Way to wake up.
2: Well now let's take a look at the first half of this episode SVU season seven episode 3, 911. No Olivia cannot get a single night off <laughs> Before she swept off on a date Cragen cockblocks her by saying that he needs her to take a 911 call from a little left home alone locked in a room.
3: Hi, my name's Olivia. What's your name? Maria. Hi Maria.
1: You and me are gonna talk until my friends come and get you, okay? Tell them to come quick. Are you hurt, Maria? I'm hungry. My stomach hurts. When's the last time you ate?
2: Two days ago. All they know is that her name is Maria, and her father is Richard. The old-school cell phone that she has is owned by a cabbie named Ricardo, and Teru places the call in Spanish Harlem. But the cabbie's daughter is accounted for, and the burger joint Maria says she gets her food from burned down three months ago. It's not adding up for Cragen, who worries it's a hoax. Benson pushes Maria about this, and the girl hangs up. When she calls back, the signal is now coming from the entrance to the Holland Tunnel, and traffic noise in the background suggests she's being moved. A dialect expert says Maria's accent is Honduran. She says when her mom died, she was taken to the U.S. to be reunited with her father, and she got in through a hole in the fence. Thanks, Obama. (laughs) (laughs) Maria says instead of her father... A man took her to Richard, who does bad things and takes pictures of her. Meantime, Finn has been checking trucks at the tunnel. Novak has been strong-arming the Honduran council. And Munch wonders why the phone signal hasn't moved in an hour. They ask Maria to hang up and call back to get a better trace. And now it says she's in Queens. The evidence keeps pointing to a hoax, but Olivia still believes Maria is real. So we see Olivia about to get into a fancy car. She's wearing this beautiful black dress. Duty calls and she looks up at Craig and like, "I'm just never going to get it in, am I?"
5: Never. never. So As her boyfriend or our date. Also, by the way, who wears a dress like that to spam a lot? I'm just going to say. <laughs> I know. It's a parody show. Like that is like real stupid. She's dressed up like she's going to like Lincoln Center to see like a really good opera, right? I am I know, right? but I
1: am so grateful because that dress is so beautiful.
2: Sarah that's the kind of dress you put on so someone can take it off
5: yes yes, yes. and we never I don't think we ever see that guy again well we know why he looks annoyed as hell so I have a question this is my question yes in all these SVU episodes we're always asking like who are all those other people standing around we just assume there are other people who work there
2: Yeah. yeah Aren't there other people who work there? You like, can take a phone call. <laughs> she's the only in all one. <laughs> of New York. Wait, there's one person who can take this call. She's not a hostage negotiator, by
5: the way. You know who else works there? Cragen, right? He's yeah. Still at the office, You're right? Not, you
2: don't have theater tickets, Don.
5: <laughs> right,
1: right, right. But you know, I mean, that is sort of like a a pattern on SVU. Is Olivia Benson has to save the entire city and not date and, and not take. date. No.
2: So their first lead is that this cell phone belongs to a cabbie named Ricardo. Yes. Yes. Fingo grabs grabs him and he's like, I want to see where your daughter is. So they go to this apartment.
4: Yes.
0: Police, where's your daughter?
4: Why? What lies has this loser been telling you? You can't just walk in here.
5: Now, remember, Ricardo had said, my like bitch ex-wife stole my daughter, right? So I think it's fair to assume this was a contentious, difficult Mm -hmm. relationship, perhaps abusive, I don't know. Maybe an SVU detective would make that call. So maybe don't bust into the apartment and then leave the dude with the wife and daughter and just storm out and be like, okay, wrong girl. And then just like, see ya. I was like the actual fuck fin. You just literally dropped a grenade in his family. And you're like, cool, cool. We'll see you next week. Never again.
3: Yeah, this is Bizarre. next week's phone
5: call to the SVU. Hello, my <laughs> name is. Seriously, my is Ricardo. And doesn't he grab this little girl's phone
1: just to see who she's talking to? Yeah, yes. I mean crazy
2: yes yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't <laughs> olivia you <laughs> <We> know that <laughs> and finn completely ignored like all the welts on her arm and stuff yes. getting from her yeah no, absolutely right. no i've got bigger fish to fry yes he
5: completely ignored all of the restraining orders that had been filed against the sky all of it all of
2: it <laughs> <laughs> they bring in an expert to determine her accent any luck
4: i think she's from central america el salvador nicaragua
5: honduras I hear more. I can narrow it down.
2: Well, if her accent is at 127th Street, it's not very helpful, is it?
5: Oh, my God. The whole accent thing is so weird because it's also very inconsistent because Olivia asks her, uh, where are you from? And she says, I was born in the United States. And she says, you speak English really well. Where did you learn it? Yeah. <laughs> where did you learn it? America. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe she just said because she was born in the United States. Right.
1: There, you have to suspend a lot of disbelief in this episode. Um, you think
2: (laughs) really, (laughs) not just this episode.
1: (laughs) I think, I think, you know, I think the main emotional point of the episode is that Olivia is kind of the only one who believes this little girl. Hmm. She sort of likes to hone in on little, little details about Maria's phone call, and that's how she figures out that this girl is telling the truth. And uh, you, I think the point is that Olivia, you know, is so good with children and she's so, she's such an empath that she can really like tell through the phone that this, that this hmm. girl is legit and no one else believes
2: her. Yeah. Yeah. They say her accent is Honduran. I would have said it's more Dora the Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> it's
5: a little bit it much. is a little Dora. Yeah. A, hey, l- 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 a little Dora the Explorer meets a little bit of a telephone hustler because she does sound they really do play up the I might be fooling you aspect they of these phone calls in the yeah. beginning. Right? They, they do. really, really do. She's like, I don't know. That seems to be where my food comes from. Right. I Let me check the map. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So to help find out where she might be Maria finds a business card with the name of Felipe's burgers
1: Felipe's burgers 342 94th Street and then lots of numbers by the way
2: by the way she did call it uh, Felipe's boogers <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh,
2: by the way what burger joint is passing out business cards
5: I I thought it here, was a receipt
2: here here it? for your hamburger needs please next time you're hungry. Pick Felipe's boogers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as bad as you think. Uh. But when they go into the neighborhood and Finn stops a, a lady on the street and she says, Thank you. Uh, no loss. Burgers house it. Yeah, I wouldn't even give them to a kid locked in a basement.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, God. You didn't even do that thing at the beginning of the show where you say this was a fictional child locked in a fictional basement.
2: Fuck that kid. <laughs>
5: I think it's time for you to do that thing now, <laughs> Kevin.
2: Editing that right up. All right. <laughs> so we have a couple of Hey, It's That Guys. Uh-huh. Hey, it's that guy. Can you tell me who is the actor playing Richard Dwyer, the creepy guy that we're going to get to meet later?
0: Anyone know? Oh, God, no. I don't know. I would never do such a thing. I swear, I haven't been down here in years. Maybe one of the people who worked for my dad kept keys.
2: Okay, that actor's name is Christopher Evan Welch. Six Law & Order Universe appearances hitting the old franchise trifecta. He was the narrator in the award-winning... Vicky Cristina Barcelona, hmm. and he received a Critics' Choice nomination for his role as Pete in the HBO comedy Silicon Valley.
5: Seems so like a theater person turned TV person. Yeah, wow.
2: yeah. He passed away in 2013 at wow. age 48. Oh God! He had lung cancer and leukemia, and a brain tumor removed before that. It's unclear how the cancer developed, but after 9/11, he spent several weeks. Volunteering at Ground Zero.
5: It sounds pretty clear to me how the cancer may develop. Kevin, way to bring the room down. Oh my gosh, that is so sad. Very, very sad.
2: One of the roles he had was as the Senate clerk in the movie Lincoln. Oh. So he's the one who got to read the roll call and declare the 13th Amendment has abolished slavery. So you, the real MVP. Yeah. Uh, Can you tell me the name of the actress playing FBI agent Rachel Serranis?
1: No,
5: definitely not. I'm looking for Captain Cragen. You found him. Special Agent Rachel Serenis, FBI. I hear you got a phone problem. Oh, my God. That's Chandra Wilson from Grey's Anatomy.
2: Oh, yes. Duh. Five-time Emmy nominee Chandra Wilson, best known as the scene-stealing Dr. Bailey in Grey's Anatomy. By the way, for the first season of Grey's Anatomy, Chandra kept her her night job as a temp at Deutsche Bank. Good for her. In case they (laughs) got canceled and she needed a job. Good
5: for her. Can you imagine that? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine that. I I mean, I can imagine you're on a show called Grey's Anatomy, which has the same name as a stupid book. And it stars the guy from Can't Buy Me Love,
2: like the dumbest freaking
5: eighties movie. Of course, you're going to keep your night job yeah. at Deutsche Bank. But all, your, all your coworkers
2: are like, "Hey, I saw you on TV last night, and here yes. you are doing data entry." Or-
5: yes, but you're with Catherine Heigl, who's apparently very difficult. Yes. and you're with Oh yeah, <laughs> and you're with Ellen Pompeo, who's been in like nothing before except a couple of episodes of SVU. I right. mean, why do you think this thing is going to last? Like, why would you think that? going to keep my night job at Deutsche Bank.
2: It's a good hedge. Yeah. (laughs) So she was quoted as saying, I cannot get into cottage cheese, and I've tried it a lot. Uh, Yeah, 100%. Yogurt is hard for me to eat, too. I have to hold my nose to get it down. There's something wrong with that.
5: I think it's called lactose intolerance. Yeah, there you go.
2: (laughs) So we do have a repeat offender. Repeat offender. Back again is Jessica Pimentel from Orange is the New Black. She's playing Selma, the mom of the first girl. ¿Por
4: lo es lo que
2: Rebecca, you re- might remember that she is a classically trained violinist and a heavy metal bass player. Uh, can you tell us who's playing dialect expert Julia Ortiz?
4: Me da means I'm scared. It's Honduran
2: slang. Okay. Oh, y- yeah, and... sort of. Her name's Zabrina Guevara. Seven Law and Order appearances, including last month on the Mothership relaunch. You'll know her as playing Dora in not Dora the Explorer in NBC's New Amsterdam and as police commissioner Sarah Essen on the Batman themed TV show Gotham. Huh. Ooh. In the comic books, by the way, Sarah becomes the second wife of Commissioner Gordon. After they have an affair. Hmm. cuckoo ca Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> Do you know the woman playing the old lady who hates the burgers at Felipe's?
5: <laughs> yes, I very careful attention to that okay. scene, Kevin. Uh,
2: they had a fire three months ago. Sold it, towed down what was left. By the way, she is identified in the script as Old Lady. Can <laughs> I give her a real name.
5: My aspiration.
2: Yeah. Her oh. name is Vanita Evans. Uh, she has definitely found her niche. Here are some of her roles. She played... Old woman <laughs> in Nurse er, Jackie. <laughs> Old woman in I Love You, Daddy. Mm. Old woman in Paper Soldiers. Older woman in Here and Now. Mm. Older woman resident in You. Mm. Elderly woman in The Other Two. Raspy voiced casino woman in Aquafina is Nora from Queens. Elderly neighbor mm. in Luke Cage. Senior citizen in Girl. And Subway hostage in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We need to fire that woman's fucking agent immediately. <laughs> that
5: is insane. Wow. Talk about a niche.
2: Yeah. In 2009, she won $8,000 on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Is so it like she got one question right? Well, I and guess then she, she bailed. She walked away from the $16,000 question. Huh. Uh, she wanted to phone a friend, but it kept bouncing off the wrong cell tower. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So every minute that goes by, it seems more and more to Cragen like this is a hoax. Ugh. And he channels his inner stabler and he says, what are we going to believe, the technology or the girl? Isn't that SVU in a nutshell? Are we going to believe the victim or all of our shaky circumstantial evidence?
5: <laughs> yes, it is. It very much is. I'm just saying this whole thing is Cragen's fault.
2: The whole thing's Cragen's fault. <laughs>
5: the reason this whole thing happened, it is all Cragen's fault. This was the. I mean, I don't understand why did he even call Olivia back into the building and not just take this call himself. Yeah,
2: he hates her, obviously.
5: I just don't understand, like, why bother? Why not just let her leave and go get it in with that handsome guy? Right. If he's just not going to let her do her goddamn job, it's all his all his fault. This whole thing is <laughs> his fault. Yeah. Well,
1: he needs to be the. He needs to be the father figure, you know. And without Olivia, he's just he's just himself. But he needs to be the father of svu and say you know what olivia like i can't send any more people in to look for this girl like it's too it's too expensive and he needs to be the antagonist for her like the, he needs to add like the tension of like no one believes you you know who we you know we never get
2: what
5: that you were right i was wrong Scene, oh, we true. never fucking get that we never we that. never get it we never got that no, no. very yeah. unsatisfying
2: so they have all the crews set up all the technical stuff, and they say uh, Taru is set up. Taru
5: moved her into
0: the interview room where it's quiet. By the way,
2: do you know who Taru is? Yeah, he's technically the tech guy. No, that guy's name is Morales. Taru is the technical assistance response unit. So all these years when they've been saying, hey, Taru is going to check this out for you. They're running a Taru's wow. running a scan. Taru isn't a person. Oh, I thought that
5: was oh. his name.
2: No, I know it's ambiguously ethnic or something like no, that. No, so,
5: I thought that was his name because they just always say that and then he shows up. It's an acronym.
2: It's an acronym like SWAT. So what is or, his name? Uh, his name is Morales. Normally calls triangulate off three cell phone towers. But both times this phone is only giving us a reading off of two.
5: His. OK, that actors, characters. That's Ruben
2: Morales is the name of that character.
5: Yeah. You're kidding. No. Okay. So, so you, you
2: learn something new yeah. every day. Well, yeah. You do.
5: All right. <laughs> all right. Never, I never knew that. I
2: always thought his name was Taru. Yeah, I'm like, where's the, who's Taru? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so Finn is stopping all the rush hour traffic at the Holland Tunnel to search every truck.
0: Port Authority PD's already got roadblocks in place. We want all
2: trucks. Big rigs, panel trucks, tractor trailers, whatever. Peel him on the watts. No exception. And like, for real, that's a lot of power for one guy who really could have bought that badge at a store, right? <laughs> <laughs> so he makes one driver open up the back of the truck. And when he sees that is empty, Finn gets mad. And he goes, what do we got? Get it out of here. Get it out of here. As if the driver is the asshole.
5: Right. And where is he going to go? He's in the middle of a traffic jam. Yeah.
2: Dude, Get it out of where? Dude, you're the one that stopped all the traffic. Why are you mad at him? And where is he going to go? How come go? you don't have that baby in the back of your car? Kevin, have you ever
5: been through the Holland Tunnel?
2: One time, yeah.
5: Have you ever been on the line on the way into the Holland Tunnel? It's like six lanes... There's nowhere to fucking go. Like, where is this? They're going to New
2: Jersey, right?
5: Where? But where is he going to go? Like, how is he going to get it out of here? Get it out of here to where? He's
2: going to live (laughs) his life. Is where he's. (laughs) (laughs) He's off to. Uh, So they're going on the absolute science. That Maria is from Honduras, hmm. so Casey goes to the Honduran consulate. Love it, and asks for help from the top diplomat. It could
0: be a practical joke, or she's just trying to get attention. But Mr. Farias, this girl is
1: terrified, and she's starving. If we don't get to her soon, then we'll find her dead body. Then guess who'll be getting some
2: attention. What do you want me to do? So he's very busy hosting a reception for all the other diplomats or some shit like that. In
5: New York and not DC. Yeah. Uh
2: <laughs> yeah. well no, there is there is a Honduran consulate. It's actually closed now. It was it's on uh it was on thirty fourth street. Oh,
5: you did your research? Really? I did my research. Uh, I wanted
2: to see how close to the Holland tunnel it was, for fuck's wow. sake. So he, he he asked her what does she really want from him? And she says, Well, you can connect me to the police in Honduras. Really? Was that faster than calling Honduras yourself? <laughs> I mean I mean they're not using all the phones for this, right? That's true. That's true. I mean I know they didn't really yeah. have Google, but they could have looked up the number. Was yes. it was it really faster to drive down Strong arm the guy, get him to come out of his stupid, you know, reception. And they
5: have a linguist right. who like knows all of like the like regional dialect yeah. of Honduran Spanish, right?
2: You must have somebody right. on speed They could dial have yeah.
5: had her call and be like, yeah. "Here's what's up to Goosey Galpa police people, right?" Where
2: they're like, right. "I'm sorry, none of us speak Spanish, so we can't make the phone call." <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> By the way, that is such a Karen thing to do to go down and say, "I want to speak to your manager."
3: <laughs> True. True. <laughs>
0: Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now, with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Well, now let's look at the second half of this episode. Is this real or is this a
2: hoax? Craig has decided to stop sending cops door-to-door to find Maria. The squad tells Olivia that the traffic noise on the call is actually a tape loop... And the little girl's voice could be created electronically, but Olivia is not having any of it.
3: What's your point?
0: This whole thing could be a sick joke. This sweet little girl doesn't even exist.
1: Olivia, did you like it? Olivia!
3: Sorry, Maria, I liked it. What's wrong? Nothing's wrong.
1: Her voice is angry again.
3: I'm not angry, Maria. I'm really not. Why don't you... Say the rhyme again, and this time I'm going to listen really hard so I can learn it too.
2: Police in Honduras send a photo of Maria, who is presumed dead after a desert crossing. When she correctly identifies clues from her birthday photo, they confirm that Maria is real. What's more, Benson recognizes Maria's face from an alert about child pornography. Again, the girl correctly identifies her room as the location where the kiddie porn is made. An FBI agent arrives to figure out why the phone keeps pinging all over town. They begin looking for a virus in the cell company switchboard, which is masking the true location. Benson needs to keep Maria from falling asleep, and the battery on the phone is dying. Before they can trace it, Richard picks up the phone and taunts Olivia before disconnecting. Well, going through a metric ton of Maria porn, mm-hmm. Munch spots a coffee mug with Felipe's burgers on it. Finn says the burned-down Felipe's was next to an electronic shop that could have sold all those gadgets. The squad finds the store dark and locked, but Liv spots a man putting on silver eyeglasses from a blue case at a 1,000 feet and arrests Richard Dwyer. Benson and Tutuola search the store's basement and find the room, but no Maria. Richard says he'd been to a business meeting, but there's mud on the bottom of his shoes. Not just mud— charred wood which may have come from the lot where Felipe's burned to the ground. The police scour the property and find a makeshift grave. Digging down, they find Maria. Olivia performs CPR all by herself while 30 men just watch (laughs) and she revives Maria and immediately she starts the paperwork to adopt her. (laughs) Okay, so according to IMDb, 514 episodes of SVU, this ranks as the best episode of the series with a 9.4 out of 10 rating that's higher than any show in the Law & Order universe. What? This doesn't do it for you?
5: The best one? Wait, no, I know why. I know why. I know why. Why? It's because that moment where Liv knocks that guy in the, in face, the face with her elbow. elbow and he falls. <laughs> it's the best it's her one Elliot Stabler moment of the whole series. This is the only time we've seen Liv commit police brutality ever. Eh, and it's the, maybe. I don't know, but it, it was amazing. I'm going to go and say she's done it before. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay, yeah. you're right. She has. But it's the only time we've seen Liv do police brutality where you're just sort of like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, this was the episode that NBC submitted. Uh, which won Mariska, her one and only Emmy Award in 2006. So this is when well, people say this is the reason why she won her Emmy was this award. Sarah, I know this is a, a favorite of yours.
1: It is. Yeah. There's a lot to make fun of, I think.
2: <laughs> You've heard the show. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's very cheesy, but, um, you know, I do take into account that From 2005, I digest the show a little bit differently than uh, some other people in that I'm very like Mariska centered. Um, So for me, it's a very uh, powerful episode because she her performance is so powerful And it is just sort of like, it encapsulates Olivia as a character. Like, she's great with children. She's great with survivors. She comes from a place of empathy. She comes from a place of uh, uncovering little details and being extremely observant. And even though sort of the writing of that is a little bit cheesy and there are some things that a lot of things that don't really add up and especially the end, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe Maria's alive. Like she was under the ground. Like that doesn't <laughs> happen. I do think that there's something powerful in the in the cheesiness. Mm. It's for me. Uh, I think, you know, seeing um, Olivia just sort of like persevere and really believe that she is correct about what's going on and a really important message of the episode is is uh, to believe the survivors and <laughs> it's like I said it's cheesy
5: but Mariska's performance is really really great there is one moment in this episode where there's a close up on Mariska Hargate's face and they don't cut away from her mm-hmm. where she goes from being just listening to all of a sudden tears spring to her eyes yeah. and like you can't. I mean, that's acting, right? And it is. And by the way, also we know that that um, that voiceover of the girl was piped in later. Like that wasn't like she wasn't actually listening
2: to yeah, Maria talking true. on the phone.
5: So as you far know, as her craft
2: goes, that's right. She right. So was, it's like yeah.
5: Mariska, you have to listen to the phone and hear something that upsets you. So I I understand like as somebody who makes media, like she had to listen to a blank thing on the phone and like be like, okay, now you have to act like you heard something shocking and you started crying. Her face completely changes. Tears spring to her eyes. They instantly turn red. And I remember in that moment being like, that is so much better than the whisper acting that she's been doing in the last like seven years of the series. Hey, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin.
2: <laughs> All right. So the FBI tech arrives with her laptop and says the phone is pinging off different towers because someone hacked the telephone company and installed the virus to let them do so.
0: And how do we fix this?
4: The cell company has at least 10 switchboards in Manhattan. I scan each one for the virus and download this. It'll spot any anomalous programs and we can remove them.
2: So now they will scan the switchboard themselves to find the virus. So the phone company doesn't have McAfee? No. Like apparently Chandra Wilson can no do No from- virus protection they on have- this giant computer running- the communication nope, nope. system for New York City. Nope.
5: Nope. They have nothing. No.
2: Nope. Nope. The yeah. F- only
5: the FBI can yeah.
2: do Yeah. And by the way, it was great that uh, she was able to describe what happened by drawing something on a legal pad. Yes, backwards. <laughs> it's like, you're an expert. He's an expert. Wait, just in case Craigen comes in, let me draw some cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to triangulate this. I got my red pen. I got my black pen. And she did that amazing
5: thing, too, that like women do for men because they're stupid, yeah. where she was like, okay, let me backtrack and explain to you the thing that we already know. Right. So that I can then yeah. explain to you what happens.
2: Right. <laughs> but I'm going to say it slower. <laughs> But really, they don't have McAfee. By the way, don't you hate it when you get a new computer and every day you get an alert that pops up from McAfee saying you've got to buy a subscription and there's no way to get it to stop? sounds personal.
5: Like, are you dealing with stuff on your own here, I
2: look at that computer. I literally uninstalled McAfee yesterday and it was on when I turned it on. That's a you thing, not an SVU thing. Look, (laughs) you're the virus, McAfee. You're the virus. That
5: is a you thing. Sounds like you have something you need to work out.
2: Uh, Now, just because we haven't mentioned Olivia's ovaries yet the writers have to take about 30 seconds to have the little girl ask Benson why she doesn't have kids
1: (laughs) true do you have children Olivia
3: no
4: don't you like them
3: I love them I I would love to
2: have a child why well this job keeps cock blocking me that's why (laughs) I'd be reverse cowgirling it right now if you hadn't called (laughs)
5: We'd be talking about spam a lot under the sheets right now, my friend.
1: Because <laughs> spam a lot is so sexy. If only my
5: boss had called someone else who works in the office instead of me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm never going to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, to it, Munch later says, I heard you had a date. I heard you had a date. Really, detective? How did you deduce that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, sex detective, figuring that one out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're going to go see lot. No, I think I'd rather spend the night going through this giant pile of child porn <laughs> instead of going to lot.
5: Yes, except, what? can we talk about that for a second? Sure. This is, maybe, maybe this is why this ranks as the best episode of SVU ever. This is maybe the only episode of SVU I've ever seen where there's evidence in like a child pornography case mm-hmm. okay, where they actually... Look at it,
2: as opposed to going. Oh, I can't. Oh, look I at can't look guy. at it
5: anymore. And I'm like, guys, it's literally your fucking job. Literally, your only job is to look at the videotape, look at the photos, look at the whatever. Like, and they're actually like, let's look at it. And what does Munch say to Finn?
0: Detective Tutuola, come and pollute your soul with some child porn, my friend. And pollute your soul. Come go over here, and pollute your yeah. soul
5: by looking at a bunch of child. Porn. I'm like, yes, guys, that is literally your job. It makes me so crazy when they won't look at it. But <laughs> I will say, they do show us a couple of the photos. And technically, it's not actually pornography. Yes, thank you, NBC. This poor little girl is completely dressed in all these photos. Which, by the way, thank you not for not making it. Right? Who, like, her mom (laughs) is there? Like, okay, you're
2: going to get to be on NBC, but first we have to spend a day. (laughs) We're going to put your daughter in these shorts, and she's just going to sit around looking weird, looking sad, sad. Because we need 500 photos. Yes. Yeah. To throw a thing, and then
5: later we're going to surprise you and tell you that those were supposed to be child porn. Right?
2: Surprise. Yeah surprise (laughs) you think she grows up later and says that's what i
1: was doing right right she's (laughs) like what 25 now or something and she's like that's how i got my sag card god i'm like always going to be the little girl in my birthday dress (laughs) oh (laughs) Oh, god God. God. (laughs) it
5: was yellow
2: oh yeah (laughs) so in the photos munch spots a coffee mug that says felipe's by the way, the business plan for this place is all wrong. They're selling coffee mugs. They're giving out business cards. Their sprinklers don't work. Their only repeat customers are child sex slaves. And their burgers are bad. They're bad. Yeah. I don't think that fire was accidental, if you know what I'm getting at. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they go to the electronic store next to Felipe's and spot who, quite honestly, already looked like a child molester 100%. before he put on the silver glasses. and the 100%. Oh, yes. And then they, like, pull him over at gunpoint. Finn punches him in the face, and it's like, probable cause, your honor, fit the description.
5: Yes. He also ran away from the scene of people looking for a child. So there's
2: that. Just kind of whistled (laughs) like, well, maybe I... Should just step on out of here. So yeah. can we just
5: clarify? So the the presence of the coffee mug was what explained her what they thought what what Craigan thought was a lie about Felipe's right. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: yes. Apparently the girl all was under the, the impression the whole of time. All the lies
5: was, were explained away later, and yet we never see the Craigan apology scene. True.
2: Ah, love means never having to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they make this dramatic storming into the bedroom. And they open a door to find an even smaller bedroom. <laughs> it's like a Russian nesting child porn set.
5: Why not just lock her in the nice one, right? Yeah.
2: Well, we need those <laughs> sheets for... Jeez. Uh-huh. So Finn notices the dirt on Dwyer's oh shoes. Oh
5: my God, wait, you just said a rusting what? Russian nesting child porn set. Just if we pause on that for just a moment.
2: Let's not. Okay, let's All move right, on. yeah, move on. There we go. <laughs> Uh so where are we Finn notices that the dirt on Dwyer's shoes was there was also some charred wood in it, so he may have buried her next door at Felipe's so ever aware about protecting the crime scene two police cruisers smashed the fence down yes. Well, I hope she's not under your car, officer. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Always think about the
5: details. Kapow. Just like you should always dig up an evidentiary like potential location using fence posts. Yeah,
2: your hands, whatever the fuck, right?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you can find. (laughs) I will
2: say, you know, for a burger place that burned down over the summer, there's a whole lot of grass Mm. on that lot. It's like he buried her in a soccer field. Yes.
5: True. (laughs) This episode doesn't care about details. You know how you know? How? The phone call situation where her phone dies, is about to die, and she falls asleep. And then Richard comes on the phone. Maria, wake up! Maria! Maria?
3: Who is this? This is the police. We know exactly where you are. No,
5: you don't. And he's breathing very, very heavily. Yes. He had just walked... Down the stairs. Down the
2: stairs. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if he has COPD, it's not his fault, right?
5: Yes. (laughs) Which is why, incidentally, Mariska should not have tried to smother him on the bed.
2: Because that's mean. That's really bad. Yeah. (laughs) Meantime, Liv's date is outside saying, hey, we can still make the second act. (laughs) Across
4: America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing
0: The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.
2: Well, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Rip from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know
3: who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Rip from the Headlines.
2: This episode takes some cues from the controversy around a fake 9-11 call made to New Jersey police. In September 2004, dispatchers in Patterson, New Jersey, received a 9-11 call from someone claiming to be a four-year-old named Jessica. The child said her mummy had been hit and was not breathing. She said she lived on Sparrow Street, near a candy store, before hanging up. Dozens of police officers descended on the street going door-to-door to find Jessica. They worked around the clock checking schools, hospitals and daycare centres. The manhunt drew heavy media attention. Nearly 250 tips came in from residents, psychics, and internet sleuths with alternate neighborhoods to search. Police determined the call came from 15 miles away from a 2-year-old prepaid cell phone. The card had expired, so the only number the phone could call would be 911. 5 days into the search, authorities called it off, declaring the whole thing must have been a hoax. <laughs> But they did determine who made the call, as stated in the episode. Uh, they learned that it was a 17 year old girl, uh, because she was a juvenile. Her disposition is unknown, but let's take a guess. Why did she do it?
5: Uh, for attention. Okay. Perhaps, perhaps <laughs> she was like just thinking, like, let's just see what happens if I do this. Maybe she had some suffered from some mental illness, and she had, had some dramatic like thing where she was like, what will happen if I do this?
2: A uh, way too smart of an answer, Sarah. Give me a stupid answer for this question.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: God! Uh She wanted to see if her phone still worked. I don't know. Like, what- yeah,
2: that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what number can I call? Mm.
5: <laughs> I will say one thing. Yeah, the fact that when your phone is like no longer in service, but you can still call nine one one proves. Yeah. The phone companies are just cheating the fuck out of us. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> okay. Let's be real. They are cheating the hell out of us because those phones could work to do basic things yep. like call a cab or call to get food or like like essential things. Call your mm-hmm. mom. Yeah, or text. Like They could offer something for free and they're just choosing not to. Fucking assholes.
2: Yeah. So this falls under a category of prank calls like bomb threats, and fire alarms, uh, and more recently, swatting, uh, these sort of public alarm kind of uh, calls. Swatting, by the way, is when someone phones in a type of crime that would draw a heavily armed response by police. Let's face it, they get really ramped up when they go in hot, so that can be very dangerous for everybody. So let's shift gears and talk about that. Is swatting a kind of jujitsu where they're using the unit's own strength against them? They come in hot and hard with guns ready to go? And th- that's just bound to get them all fucked up.
5: It's also b- dangerous for the person that is being swatted. Yes. I mean, yeah. Yeah. but it's also that's sort of a, it's also sort of a this is the thing. If swatting, I'm not, it's never good, but it does sort of demonstrate the ridiculousness with which police have been jacked up in like the post nine eleven era. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, swatting is more prevalent because there are plenty of spoofing technologies now to hide where the call is coming from. And swatting is less of a crime directed at the police as it is a crime directed at the homeowner to where they're responding. Some celebrities who have been swatted include Snoop Dogg, Ashton Kutcher and Miley Cyrus. Hmm. Uh, it happened to Tom Cruise, who probably thought it was just, you know, some action movie preparation like in Tropical Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah bring it on. Come on in.
5: Or some Scientology punishment it's that he probably, deserved. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's like, I'm going clear. Uh, <laughs> I'm being audited.
5: <laughs> Surprise. <laughs>
2: uh, so there are a lot of cases where the victim is being extorted. And the extortionist is using the police as a threat. This hmm. is where it happens. So, here's some notable cases. In 2015, an Oklahoma police chief was shot and wounded entering the home of someone who made a bomb threat. But the man didn't, he didn't really make the bomb threat. The man didn't know that the police were coming in, and so he opened fire. Uh, the actual caller was someone who had been mad at him. Boy, it's funny how when you're white and make that mistake, cops, you know, seem to be a little more understanding about it.
5: Yes. Also, when you're white and make a mistake, like, I don't know, planning on kidnapping the governor of your state, oh geez. you can also be acquitted at trial. I mean, that does seem to be a pattern in our society, Kevin, as we have discussed many times in this podcast. <laughs>
2: So a civilian in Wichita was killed when a SWAT team went to the wrong house. Oh, God. Uh, The actual beef was between two players of Call of Duty on Xbox. Mm. They were fighting over a bet of $1.50, and it got elevated. Oh, no. Tyler Barris was later sentenced to 20 years in prison. It was easy for the cops to figure out it was him because, and this is true, his online handle was... SWATistic
5: (laughs) with the SWA
2: and T all capital.
5: So that's both stupid and offensive at the same time. Extremely.
2: (laughs) And prophetic. (laughs) Yes. In 2020, 60 year old Mark Herring died of a heart attack when the cops broke in. They later found that Mark was being extorted to get his Twitter handle Oh. (gasps) which, yeah, his Twitter handle was at Tennessee. (gasps) That's it? That's what it was. He had the handle at Tennessee. Who wanted that? Uh, maybe the governor? I don't know. No. Uh, it was a guy. The The account is still there. His interests appeared to be space, podcasts, and severe weather. Uh-huh. Among his last tweets were him begging for help from customer support at Patreon <laughs> and posting a photo of the menu to complain the buy one, get one, free boneless wings at the Sonic in Westmoreland were not available.
1: Huh. He clearly paid $5,000 for that handle. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It definitely makes me not want to die with my last tweet being how it started, how it's going.
5: No, you do not want to do that. Ah.
2: <laughs> oh, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest, Sarah Devin. Sarah, where can our listeners follow you online?
1: So uh, you can follow me on Twitter. My handle is Sarah Devon. Uh, And then my uh, handle for my podcast is
5: SSUnitCast on Twitter.
2: And Rebecca Lavoy, how can our listeners follow you?
5: I'm on Twitter and Instagram at RebLavoie.
2: And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law & Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freider. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes, If these are their stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Go to LawAndOrderPodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio. And is a production of Partners in Crime Media.
0: The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.